Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen now it was serious. A double dog dare. What else was there but a triple dare you? And then the coup de grave all dares. The sinister triple dog dare. Uh, wait, I'm quoting from the wrong Christmas movie directed by Bob Clark. Uh, come on, this is a sorority house, not a convent. It's Mike and Mike go to the movie. <laughs> I was so confused what you were doing for a second. <laughs> now, did I watch the wrong movie? <laughs> yeah, it's sheer panic for half a second. Uh, I'm Mike Smith, and joining me as always is a man who knows that the director of the Louvre is an enemy of humanity. <laughs> Mike Tucci. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing just great. Uh, I'm excited for our final Mike Makes Mike Watch of the Year. We did yeah. it. We planned a thing in advance, and we executed it for the podcast. Yes. Look at us go. Stuck it out. Uh, executed it to perfection, I might add. Yes. Uh, we locked in what our, or what our Mike Makes Mike Watch movies were for the entire year, and uh, we stuck to it. We didn't make any changes or anything like that. We just uh, watched the movies. Yeah, uh, we didn't dip. forget about it. Yeah, I mean that, and that was a real <laughs> possibility. <laughs> uh, do you have any highlights from Mike Makes Mike Watch, Mike? Do you, any movies that uh, you're you're thinking of that like you're glad I made you watch? I was actually getting ready. I was starting a, a list on Letterboxd for like my favorite discoveries, like things I watched for the first time this year. Right, which we're gonna have to count down for our uh, year in review episode uh, in January. Yeah, and I was like, let me just do like you know everything that I really like that I watched for the first time. Let me get like a twenty or thirty movie list going, and I'll trim it down from there. And I was just like, Mike made me watch that one. Mike made me watch that one. <laughs> Mike made me watch. <laughs> it's like a lot of those. Um, so you know, I guess uh, stay tuned in a couple episodes for my my uh, my thoughts further on that. But uh, was, right. we had a good good year this year. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, and no, I think I, I got exposed to uh, a lot of movies that I hadn't seen before. Uh, some that uh, maybe I didn't like quite as much, like The Net. Uh, but <laughs> hey, but no. I was still glad to have seen. I was still, uh, you know, happy to have watched it. Uh, but I, you know, I also got to in- get myself introduced to like The Perfect Storm. That's right. Uh, which I thought rocked. The Perfect Storm was really good. Enjoyed it. Got to see Ravenous last month. Uh, I, I also can't remember like what was a Mike makes Mike watch. That's the other wasn't. issue. I'm hoping to hoping to hear a lot more about frailty on your discoveries this year. Maybe you know. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, it's possible. I'm not sure it's going to make my 10 discoveries list, but it is. I, I did like it a lot. Thought it was good. That was fun. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I was going to try uh, to defend uh, the net, but then I remembered when I tried to rewatch it for the podcast, I didn't make it all the way through it. So <laughs> just pulling the ripcord on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good call. Uh, but yeah, we we've been doing this all year long. Really, we've been doing this, you know, longer than that. But we actually kind of structured it this year where we did a Mike makes Mike watch once a month, uh, and we stuck through it this year. Uh, and now today is our last Mike makes Mike watch of the year. An episode where I make Mike watch something that he's never seen before. He makes me watch something that I've never seen before. That's right. Because uh, we're a movie podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we, you know, it's weird. This podcast used to be like, you know, whatever the new movie that is, uh, this that is this week. That's what we're talking about. Uh, and then once COVID hit, it was it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know if I'm like passionate enough to like make Mike D go out to the theater to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Well, for, you know, like a good six months, there was no movies. Uh, right. Yeah. And that you, we really didn't. We would occasionally review like the big streaming release or whatever. We did a mank episode, people. We did a mank. We did do a mank. Um, but uh, then, yeah, once 2021 rolled around, once we got vaccinated, uh, I, you know, I was going to the theater a lot, but you took you kind of a little bit of time to kind of get back out there and uh, start going to the theater again. And then it was like, well, I don't know. We're, we're kind of out of the rhythm of it now. Yeah. We're in this. <laughs> and, uh, and Mike D's not like an AMC stuff's A-list member or anything. He's got to spend money on these movies. Yeah. I mean, if we were going every week, I guess I would have signed up for that stuff. But uh, but yeah. And then, then we got into the doing both both podcasts weekly instead of alternating every other week. That's true. Uh, I was like, I can't, we can't go back. We can't go. I can't go to the movies every week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Mike and Mike go to the movies. I've since become a more freewheeling podcast, uh, kind of just every week, you know, play it by ear, see what we're doing. Um, but Mike makes Mike watch has been like 
a consistent thing throughout this entire year, which yeah. has been nice. Yeah, it's a, it's also a nice nice uh, reprieve where it's like we're gonna just go watch one movie this week, you know? Right. <laughs> I, I, we know exactly what we're talking about, what we're doing. Every uh, not every other episode, but it's a lot of times where it's like, oh shit. Do I have enough stuff to talk about on Sunday night? I'm like, oh, I can watch these two movies if I start right now. <laughs> right. Uh, but when it's Mike, 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 Mike makes Mike watch week. It is a weird tongue twister. It is the worst like, so. thing we've ever titled because um, we were like, we'll figure something out. And we just never did. Um, yeah. Oh, no, that was for the horror movie. The, the Octobers, the, the guests make Mike watch scary movies month. Right. We never named <laughs> Uh, no, it, we we did name it eventually. It was a uh, guest makes Mike scream. I think was, uh, <laughs> I think what, right. it was what it was called. <laughs> um, so if it anybody rolls right w- off the tongue, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If was uh, any brand managers listening or anything, hit us up in the Twitter DM. <laughs> yes, <laughs> help help you boys out. If anybody would like to do our social media for free, uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> That's the caveat. Yes. So um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, that it's nice. It's a nice, like, you know, okay, here we go. It's just we're going to watch our one movie, and if we have time, I'll watch the other ones, and, and it'll just be a, a casual, relaxing discussion for these yes. specific movies, you know? Absolutely. And uh, today, we have two movies of equal caliber, as yes. Mike D likes to say. <laughs> I think so. To continue uh, in the tradition of absolutely nailing double features. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just perfect back-to-back movies. Like, yeah. you can program this at your local rep theater and, uh, you know, sell out the crowd. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so uh, tonight for Mike Makes Mike Watch, uh, Mike D is making me watch Roland Emmerich's 2012, which it really has just been a Roland Emmerich-heavy couple of weeks in this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I guess we'll get into it when we start talking about it, but, you know, I want to hear a little mini, mini Let's Rank Roland Emmerich from you, Mike, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Independence Day and then everything else, I think. Okay, is, uh, fair enough. Same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I could probably try to figure it out if I put, if I, like, really looked at the filmography, I can figure out, like, maybe a top five or something. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I had never seen uh, 2012 before, and so Mike D made me watch that one. And then because it's Christmas time, I made Mike D watch a movie called Black Christmas, the original Black Christmas from 1974, which next year is celebrating its 50th anniversary. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think Black Christmas. Uh, I haven't hadn't seen it before, but it's like, why is this movie a remade every twenty years? What's going on? Like, why is this movie like one of the most remade movies of all time? I mean, it is a seminal horror film. It, it is, is uh, yeah. you know, the movie that sort of inspired Halloween. It's it's really the original slasher uh, or the original like seventies slasher that kind of developed into you know the subgenre going forward. Um, so yeah, Black Christmas is it's it's major. It's a major film. But yeah, there there are two other versions of Black Christmas. Uh, I've never seen the two thousand six version with Mary Elizabeth with Winstead. Right. Uh, I've heard that one's pretty fun. I've heard there's like some pretty good stuff there. Uh, I have seen the 2019 version, which I saw in theaters and I thought it was okay at the time. I, I feel like if I watched it now, I'd be like, man, this kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was, that, it was a weird one. It, uh, it added a lot of supernatural elements to uh, black Christmas. It's huh. like a remake of the, it's like, you know, it's a remake of black Christmas, but it's really just like, it's another slasher movie set at Christmas time. It's not like a, <laughs> yeah, at a sorority house kind of thing. Yeah, it's not really hewing too close to the uh, to the original film here. But yeah, so which of these movies would you like to talk about first, Mike? I guess let's start with Black Christmas, just for funsies. Sure. All right, let's do it. It's time for a Mike Makes Mike Watch. I only choose right. Mike's watching Mike's movie. Beats for him specially. It's time for Mike Makes Mike Watch. Uh, and that was from the trailer for Black Christmas, directed by Bob Clark from 1974, starring Olivia Hussey, uh, Kier Delea, Margot Kidder, and John Saxon. Uh, so, Mike D., you had never seen 
Black Christmas before. Correct. And I think that was basically my main reason for making you watch it is because you, is, you're such a horror guy. Yes. You're a big horror guy. This is a pretty big uh, horror pillar. And it's been a few years since I've watched this movie. I did not get the chance to rewatch it, unfortunately. But I knew that this was something that was like going to be of interest to you no matter what. And so, uh, yeah, what did you think of Black Christmas? Or what, what were your like preconceived notions going in? What were you expecting from Black Christmas? Um, going into it, I was, you know, not really. I mean, I was I was expecting to see a lot of the tropes and devices and setups and things that we've come to know and love in the slasher modern slasher film and to see the kind of like roots and origins a lot of that stuff and i don't know like if i've like deliberately avoided watching black christmas not because i didn't think i'd like it but because i love halloween so much that i'm like no that's the one like i i I couldn't (laughs) allow myself to acknowledge that well a year or two earlier there was this other movie Um, right i kind of think that's like really what started it um so i don't know if that's just like a weird subconscious thing i had i'd be like yeah i'll get to black christmas eventually and i just never watched them so i'm glad you finally um you know, I finally didn't have a choice and had to get down, sit down and watch it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's the one, you know, it's the Bla- it's Black Christmas. It's the one where all the stuff, you know, right down to starting with the POV heavy breathing guy looking yep. through the window, <laughs> moving through the house while it's full of people uh, and getting right down into the slashing stuff in the first, uh, you know, in the cold open, basically. And the thing that is so interesting about this movie to me, on top of all the like, you know, seminal stuff and, and foundational, the foundational text of the slasher movie stuff um it's much like much like halloween like when you actually take it in like an objective fashion it's like pretty bloodless (laughs) like there is certainly sure violence and kills and stuff but like i don't know i think there's like one or two like scenes of like actual violence um that you see and then everything else is like cut away cut back to person dead you know kind of thing like the you know the texas chainsaw you never actually see the meat hook go through her effect um right but it's so vivid in your imagination that you're like i for sure saw that happen um and there's a lot of that going on in this movie which i think is very interesting and yeah it's the it's the classic formula right it's this it's christmas uh christmas vacation at this college these girls in this sorority house the normally it's like a hustle bustle house but it's like the last three or four people left with the and the house mother and they're gonna be there for vacation and and some guy breaks in and and uh does does starts doing a slashing basically and it's not i don't i think there's like i said one slash actually uh the others are like suffocation with the, the plastic uh, which is crazy and just yeah. and then just like also um for as unviolent as it is like also grotesque that that keeps those like smash cuts to uh i forget that uh, character's name that's like dead in the attic in the rocking chair in the window we just like keep smash cutting to her close-ups of her face uh throughout the the weekend that this is all happening in is just like so unsettling and gross and on top of that also very funny margot kidder just being drunk all the time uh the house mother has like liquor hidden in everything in the house like opening the back of the toilet <laughs> and taking out liquor bottles and there's one scene where she's like in a room in her room i think and she's like looking at a bookcase and she's just like perusing the titles and she's like ah yes b for booze and she takes out a book and opens it and it's got a cutout of a liquor bottle and she's like drinking it uh and stuff like that it's all very fun so yeah i had a a really good time finally watching uh black christmas so that's that's two two for two of uh, mike makes mike watch uh, tentpole horror classics that i never watched because i hadn't seen trick-or-treat uh, oh, in yeah, October, yeah. and then now I had never seen Black Christmas, so thanks, Mike. Seasonal uh, yeah. temple horror classics as well. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's been a few years since I've watched this movie, but uh, yeah, I remember re- uh, being really into it, thinking it was just a really effective slasher, uh, and yeah, it is really interesting to watch just as that kind of foundational thing, being like, oh yeah, and this is where everything came from. Yeah, uh, You know, I think uh, it's the story of, of when John Carpenter was making Halloween, he talked to Bob Clark, who made Black Christmas, and Bob Clark's suggestion was to be like, hey, uh, set it around a holiday (laughs) because no matter what, people will want to watch the movie around that holiday, even if it sucks. Like you you (laughs) you name your movie Halloween like 20 years later, people still want to watch it, Uh, which uh, is was pretty smart advice. I think it helped. It helped. The Halloween was great. And Black Christmas also great. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, just one of those things where we're like, oh, the Friday the 13th movies. A lot of those are bad. But guess what? Every Friday the 13th, people are playing (laughs) People are watching them, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think I think the cast is really great too. Um, John Saxon is just amazing as the detective. I love him. Right, he's the cop, right? He's the cop, yeah. And he's in is he also in Halloween. Is he uh he is in Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah. Uh and I think he's also in maybe Tenebrae. He's in one of those Argento movies, uh, and he's great. So it's just it's just fun that he's just always like a cop kind of detective guy in 
in these horror movies because he's just got that look about him. Uh, right. So he's so much fun in this. And um, he yeah. is in Tenebrae. You're he right. Nailed it. And yeah. I don't know. Just exciting to see him, and 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 it's Bob Clark. What a guy, you know. I guess <laughs> yeah, the only I, uh, things I can think of is is this and Christmas Story. But I'm I I feel like he's just one of those dudes that had just like a weird directorial output that I'm not really aware of. Uh, he definitely did. I mean, uh, so yeah, this and the Christmas Story are kind of two of the big ones, and then you know both very different Christmas movies. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, Bob Clark also directed the first two Porky's movies, Porky's and Porky's Two. Okay. He directed a movie called Death Dream, which I've heard is really great. Rhinestone. You know, but his his final movie, I mean, just, uh, you know, a real maybe fall from grace here. But his final movie was Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Weird. Um, but like so, some big movies in there, like Rhinestone with Stallone and Dolly Parton. And uh, yeah. yeah uh, and but I think Black Christmas is uh, is probably the one that looms largest over the filmography other than maybe A Christmas Story. But I think Black Christmas is uh, is maybe the more respected of the I mean, A Christmas Story is well liked. It's it's yeah, a beloved. It's the 24 hour movie. You know, they leave yeah, it the whole time. Ex- exactly. But I also don't think I've watched A Christmas Story in its entirety in a very long time. I feel like A Christmas Story is a movie almost designed for that 24-hour marathon where you can pop in and just be like, oh yeah, Christmas Story's on. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know that I've ever actually, yes, ever actually seen like a, like a real version of Christmas Story. Like I sat down and watched it all the way really? through. Okay, yeah. Because I know my parents don't like it. They don't uh, like it, really. They don't like it, yeah. Which makes me think that they would probably have never put on that 24-hour thing and I was just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> And then now I'm too old to watch a Christmas story now. That's <laughs> um, so like one <laughs> is of those. Is it possible that you've never seen a Christmas story, Mike? It's 100% it, possible. It's is this going to be a, a Mike Makes Mike Watch for next Christmas? Oh, God. <laughs> just only Bob Clark's. Um, yes. 12 Bob Clark movies next year. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> that'd be really going to make Mike D watch Porky's 2. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I've ever actually seen it now that I'm like thinking about it. I know the fragile of it and that's kind of really it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you, it, it's one of those movies where, uh, you know, it's so ingrained in pop culture that you probably don't need to have seen it. Like, yeah. you just already know the references. Like, you got the reference from my intro, right? Like, when you were doing it yes. after... Is that the yes. lick in the pole thing, right? Yeah, it's it's the triple dog dare, lick in the pole, all, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so Black Christmas, maybe not quite as quotable as a, a Christmas story, uh, or maybe it is to like a certain subset of the audience. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I remember really digging Black Christmas and uh, thinking there was some really great disturbing imagery. I remember the final shot of the movie very, Ugh. very well, where it's, yeah, the, they never found the body and it's just there still in the attic, right? Yeah. Yeah, that maybe never even found the, the, the killer. I'm not really sure. Unclear about that um right but yeah it, it's this um i forget i don't know the actress i forget their names who has survived right and she's like in shock and they sedate her and put her in bed and i think this shot is like actually incredible the whole this whole sequence at the very end of the movie where she's been sedated and it's and it's all the police and the hubbub and the and the doctors like oh she's gonna be out for eight hours you know all this stuff kind of thing and there and somebody comes into the room and is like they don't have enough the the morgue or the hospital doesn't have enough room we gotta go somewhere else we gotta get the next town over yeah and, and then the press show up and they're off screen and you hear them like screaming questions and then John Saxon goes out of the room and he's like oh give this some respect yada yada you know yelling and like they all kind of get distracted and get pulled out of the house and and then it's just this quiet as the camera is just like slowly backing out of this bedroom and then POV style still goes up into the attic where you see that the the bodies are still up there because they never went up there and somebody even asks like you want me to go up and check the attic and I think that's when the, the press show up and like it, yeah. it throws everybody off uh, and then it pulls out the window where she's just sitting in the rocking chair where she's been the whole movie uh, and there's just a cop standing outside smoking a cigarette on the stoop uh, like you know he's watching the house uh and they never found her. And then the credits just roll over that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, holy shit. And that was part of the reason, like, thinking of the dumb double feature thing that we always try to do. Like, maybe we should start with Black Christmas because it ends so sad. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> and, dour. And 2012, despite having a much higher body count. Yeah. Uh, is uh, it does end on a more uplifting note, I guess, right? Yeah, it's more dumb and uplifting and exciting. Uh, it feels more like a walking out of a double feature fist pumping kind of movie, <laughs> not like uh, the end of Black Christmas. Right, yeah, which is uh, incredibly bleak. And yeah, I mean, you mentioned John Saxon and uh, Margot Kidder. She's like the kind of the party yeah. person in the in the group, right? She's great. Uh, she's amazing. I remember, I remember really loving her in this movie. I mean, I love Margot Kidder in general. She's like one of one of my favorite like 70s actresses, like, of course, Superman. And uh, there was the, uh, the Brian De Palma movie, Sisters, 
uh, yeah. which we both really like. And yeah, she's fantastic. And so yeah, pops up in this and she's great. Uh, but then also uh, Peter is the guy that th- they think is the killer, right? He's the right. guy who, and that's the, the dude from 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's Kira D'Elia. Oh my God. It is him. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's great, too. He's a real bastard. Uh, and the whole, like, abortion subplot with his girlfriend, who's, like, the girl that survives, the final girl. Right. Olivia Hussey's character. Olivia right? Hussey, yeah. And that's sort of, uh, like, why they think it's him. Uh, but I don't think it's, like, confirmed. I don't really know. I, I guess you didn't I think get a chance it's to— It's re- sort of meant to be ambiguous, right? It's, it's uh, implying the killer might still be out there. Yeah, because uh, he's been up in the attic the whole movie, basically. They kind of um, sort of imply uh, towards the end of the movie, and then he chases Olivia Hussey's character into the basement. She locks the door, and then there's a window, like, you know, a little window into the basement, and then he sh- Peter shows up. And he's like, oh, are you in there? Blood knocking on the window after they've like it's sort of been setting him up as the killer. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then it it ends like that. So it's like, huh, he, she she kills him, but off screen. So you don't really see what happens. She's unconscious. Um, yeah. The police find her. So you don't know what's going on. And um, yeah, so it's like, hmm, is he the guy or did the killer kill set this up so that they'll never know kind of thing. But I guess you didn't get a chance to rewatch it. So I guess we can't really get into the nitty gritty of like, but who's Agnes <laughs> that the guy keeps talking about? And I was right. like, I don't know if I just looked at my phone and missed the whole like central thing of the movie or what. Um, but I was confused. But, I, you know, we're down for this kind of bleak mid 70s ambiguous. Did the bad guy really win? kind of ending <laughs> like a right. lot of movies had at the time you know exactly and this movie does if i remember like they do like a you know the call is coming from inside the house uh, yeah. sort of thing right which uh, you know when a, stra- when a stranger calls uh, that's after this movie this, this movie came first <laughs> they set that they really set it up so well um, because they have a house phone right so there's also the house mother like we talked about and she's got her own private line because she's this private lady that lives on her own you know that just like takes yeah. care of the girls in this house so they say there's like a throwaway line where they, they have the police coming to tap the phone lines she's like is there any other phones here and she's like, oh, the house mother's got one, but it's a separate number. So, like, you know, they just throw that away. And then 30 minutes later, they're like, we finished the trace. It's coming from the same address. <laughs> they don't say the line. The, ha- the call is coming from inside the house. Right. Uh, you got to save that for when a stranger calls. Exactly. Somebody was like, cut that out. Put it in a different movie. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, they do the thing so that you're like, oh, it's a separate phone line. Uh, it's so it's so good. Um, and that whole scene sequence where they're like, keep running traces and it is in- hilarious and incredible because like it's literally a guy at the phone company literally chasing the phone switches in a building somewhere else <laughs> like, uh, it's like oh that's what tracing a call used to be like you're literally tracing the phone lines connecting uh was wild so that was a fun little time capsule thing you know yes absolutely uh yeah otherwise uh, I, got, I got not too much else to say about this movie other than it rocks it's it's really good and uh, i would like to rewatch it again yes it's on shutter right now uh watch nice. it, check it out on shutter it did make me uh really want to watch pieces just because it's like a same vibe <laughs> kind of thing oh, yeah, a, yeah. a lot of slashers at a college and stuff and that was so much fun when we got to watch that at camp horror last year um i was just waiting for a surprise like oh this is my martial arts teacher <laughs> or whatever right. thing like happens in pieces <laughs> that was pretty incredible uh yeah i mean uh, at the roxy we did play black christmas for trash vault uh, a few years ago which i nice. think this is like a better movie than is what's usually featured in trash vault but uh we are trying to play it again in january which you know timing's a little off on that one yeah but uh because like we said 1970 so january uh we're doing a whole series uh called solid gold 74 uh where we're gonna be playing a lot of movies from 1974 like movies that are celebrating their 50th anniversary Got and it. so like first week of january like right after Christmas. Uh, we'll uh, try to do Black Christmas if we can get the rights to it. We're still kind of up in the air on that one. But a lot of cool stuff happening at the Roxy in January. Just throwing it out there. Nice. Uh, I got them to play the Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. Pretty excited about that one. Also, uh, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. I nice. got, got that one thrown in there. Uh, the Conversation will be happening. And then my hope for Inferno of Danger is gone in 60 seconds. But uh, we're still Ooh. waiting on that one as well. That'll be cool. I was just so. thinking about Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. They were talking about it on the latest episode of Screen Drafts was AARP action films okay. is what they were calling it. So 55 <laughs> yeah. and over leads. And they were complaining that Walter Matthau, I think, was 53 in that movie. So like ah. just missed. <laughs> but but Walter talk- Matthau has always been 60 that's right that's, uh, <laughs> that's what they were talking about they were like but who knows how old he really is um, <laughs> so uh it's pretty funny nice Just but all right yes so uh black christmas uh, from 1974 mike d liked it liked it thumbs up check it out it's on shutter right now cool all right and let's move on into uh the other movie in today's mike makes mike watch which is roland emmerich's 2012 
here to the Mayan calendar, which predicts the end of time to occur on the 21st of December of 2012. The world as we know it will soon come to an end. It's starting. The Mayans knew about it. The Bible. It's the end of the world, my friends. Daddy, what was that? Don't look back, just look at me. Do I look scared? <laughs> it's not just California, it's the whole world. Hurry up! Going. The government is building these ships. Do you understand how much strength it gives me knowing that you'll survive? Wasn't it decided the people have the right to fight for their lives? We have barely 15 minutes left. We're gonna die. No, we're not. The moment we stop fighting for each other, that's the moment that we lose our humanity. All right, that's from the trailer for 2012, directed by Roland Emmerich from 2009, uh, starring John Cusack, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Amanda Peet, Oliver Platt, Tandui Newton, Donnie, uh, Danny Glover, Woody Harrelson, uh, and a lot more. It's a huge, uh, you know, Roland Emmerich disaster movie ensemble cast. Uh, How does that he we, do it? Every movie. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Truly. We, uh, so we ended up talking about White House Down a few weeks ago on this podcast, yes. um, which uh, is a movie I liked more than 2012. I'm going to throw that out there right what? now. What? <laughs> Damn. But that movie also has like a really like deep bench of character actors that uh, pop up. It's Lance Reddick. It's Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's, uh, you know, a ton, ton of people yeah. uh, that are in that movie in 2012. Same deal. Uh, so, Mike D, why did you want to make me watch 2012? Um, one, because I think it's funny to make you watch 2012. Two. Uh, uh, understandable. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> two. <laughs> this is uh, definitely a guilty pleasure, uh, like favorite of mine, this movie. Uh, I think I saw this in college in 2009, like in the theaters with my friends, depending on when it came out that year. I don't remember exactly the release date and stuff, but uh, I feel like I remember seeing this in a theater and having fun with it. And just like it's a producer Colin fave. And last time I hung out with him a while ago, uh, we just like got drunk and watch uh, disaster movies all the time. And, you know, Dante's Peak 2012. Uh, sure. You know, you get it. Uh, those kind of movies. So that was fun. Um, and I felt like, you know, you're a Roland Emmerich guy. Why not? Why not fill in the gaps? We've been filling in the masters of cinema gaps. David Fincher, Michael yeah. Mann, the Coens. Why not Roland Emmerich? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think calling me a Roland Emmerich guy is like a little bit too much. <laughs> You can tolerate a Roland Emmerich picture. I, I I enjoy many aspects of Roland Emmerich. You're a ride or I, die Emmerich guy. We all know I, that. Yeah, but right around the time Moonfall was coming out, I was like, yeah, ride or die, I'm yeah. an Emmerich guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Moonfall, also a better movie than 2012, yes, I think. Uh, I mean, Moonfall rocks. It's it's really fun. Yeah, I don't know. I, so 2012, I feel like we should also maybe give some context for yeah. this movie. Um, because people don't really talk about this anymore because the date passed, but yeah. for, but for years and years, I remember like, this when I was in junior high and high school and stuff like that, you know, it was always one of those things where like kids would tell you, Oh, you know, world's going to end on December 21st, 2020, 2012. Uh, the Mayans said so. It's when the Mayan uh, calendar ended. So yeah, that's, that's when the Mayan calendar ended. Uh, so they ran so out that, of stone on their tablet. They just like, yeah. well, that's it. That's when the world ends. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so that's, uh, it became like a thing on the internet where it was like, Oh yeah, uh, on December 20th or whatever the date was in 2012, the world will end because that's the date the, uh, the Mayan calendar ended and that ended up gaining a lot of traction with a lot of people. I think like it yeah. became, you know, I think it was partially a joke, but also partially wasn't like there was, I think a lot of people who were like genuinely scared about the world ending in 2012. Yeah. It's creepy. You know, uh, it was, it was a creepy thing to think about. Uh, and then, you know, we were, in, we were, we were there, we were alive in 2012 and uh, can confirm we woke up on December 22nd, 2012 and we're <laughs> yes. like, yep, everything's fine. <laughs> Uh, but so this movie comes out in 2009, directed by the master of disaster, <laughs> Roland Emmerich, somebody who is is very well adept at creating on-screen destruction. And uh, they basically made a movie out of that, you know, idea of, uh, well, the Mayan calendar ended, so now the world is ending. Like what? And so 
this movie is just, okay, what if the world is ending and you have to try to survive it somehow, right? Right. And so that's, that was the reason why this movie came out in 2009, three years before 2012, which seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like just... if they remade The Omen and didn't release it on 6606. Like... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we even doing here? Yeah. And I will say this movie was huge. It was a big hit. Uh, so it had a huge budget. It was uh, $200 million that it cost to make. It made almost $800 million Let's in the box go. office. Uh, <laughs> there, there could have been a 2012 too if they had a... <laughs> If they had a story. <laughs> 2014. <laughs> Just two years later, they put Just, out the new movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it did get, you know, pretty mixed reviews from critics at the time. Uh, and I think when it was coming out, 2009, you know, I'm at this point 16 years old. I am pretty into movies. I'm aware that this movie is coming out. But I was definitely of the opinion that, like, uh, Roland Emmerich, uh, you know, Pashaw. whatever. It, yeah, Pashaw. I'm above this sort of thing. Whereas now, I'm like, fuck yeah, Moonfall. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when 2012 was coming out, I was definitely uh, a little bit snobby towards it, perhaps. Uh, but there's also, you know, I was like d- discovering new things. 2009 is like when I first started watching Quentin Tarantino movies and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. I had no time for this. Yeah. Uh, and so I didn't see 2012 in theaters, never ended up catching up with it because I heard it was bad. And now all these years later, Mike D is making me watch it. I assumed you chose this for December because that was the date that uh, it was yes. supposed to be. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that was um just. Yeah. It all it all sort of worked out. I was like, October is when the perfect storm happened in real life. December yeah. is when 2012 was supposed to end, uh, and just like a big end of the year blowout, basically. You know? Yeah, and uh, it certainly is that. So I will say, I, I think for the first hour or so, maybe maybe even an hour and a half, I was pretty into the movie. I and mean, the first half hour, I was like, I don't know about this because it's a lot of just the stock rolling number of characters. Yeah. Bad dad, uh, say, yeah, you know. Yeah, dad trying to save his family. One wild conspiracy theorist <laughs> off in the corner. Like it's got, it's got everything. It, yeah. t- it checks all the boxes. And then once the destruction actually starts happening, I was pretty in. I think the destruction sequences are spectacular. And there's some really cool sequences, like when John Cusack and his family are driving a limo through an earthquake and trying to figure it out and get to the airplane on time and then fly it through. And there's buildings crashing down all around them. All really cool. Yeah. Uh, enjoy, enjoyed that a lot. I think the big issue I have with this movie uh, is that it is two hours and 40 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, really overstays its welcome. And so despite all the great destruction stuff, I think there's maybe just too much of it. And so by the last hour, I was kind of like tapped out and a lot of the goodwill that I had towards the movie was, uh, was depleting at a rapid pace. Mm. Uh, that, that's sort of how I felt about it. But Mike D, it sounds like you watched this movie relatively recently at Collins, right? At Collins, yeah. Uh, I think it was earlier this year. I, I didn't have time to watch it this weekend. Um, but I'm just sort of always thinking about 2012 in some capacity <laughs> or another. In particular, there's the scene where it's Amanda Pete, right? Is the wife, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And John Cusack, I believe it might be the new husband. I don't remember are having an argument in a grocery store and they're like, it just feels like the world is pulling us apart. And then literally an earthquake happens and splits a chasm down the aisle between the two of them and pulls them apart. And baby, that's the movies, you know, like what more could you want? I know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's just that whole thing. And we talked about this a little bit on the White House Down review, which might have gotten cut. I don't remember when we lost that right. episode. Um, but the, the the Roland Emmerich thing that I really love in a lot of his movies is just taking that little nugget of a conspiracy theory and be like, what if a two hour and 40 minute movie is based on that? Um, right. Like the, the Marilyn Monroe tunnels in White House Down with this being the minds were correct. The Illuminati is real, <laughs> basically. Yes. And they've built these arcs to sustain um, them and their families and all this stuff, uh, post-apocalypse and stuff. Um, and that whole thing is just so much fun. I don't know. Uh, Woody Harrelson as the crackpot in Yellowstone. Just- Woody Harrelson playing himself. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. In the- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hundred percent. Just wandering on the set, spouting conspiracy theories, and Roland Emmerich's like, "Man, we got to film. Get that. a camera." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, he's so much fun in this and um, I don't know it's probably one of the last like I think I mean I hesitate to say great but uh, really fun John Cusack roles <laughs> you know um, haven't sure, seen him yeah. in a ton I don't think lately other than that one Elijah Wood piano movie <laughs> Grand Piano uh, which is the greatest movie ever he's <laughs> <laughs> correct did um, I make you watch that for Mike's, Mike's Mike Watch or did we just watch that at some we point? just watched that that might have been pre-podcast even okay yeah. uh, but, but that was definitely a, a you pick for me um, yeah and yeah, I don't know. 2012 is just fun and stupid. It, you know, I love the core. It's the same vibes, you know? Sure. I've also never seen the core. What? Uh, 
Well, you will next year. (laughs) Yeah. I do remember when their core was coming out wanting to see it because I was like, what if we drill to the Earth's core? Yeah. (laughs) What would happen? It's the same vibes. Uh, uh, So, yeah, I I would like to watch the core at some point. So, yeah, if you want to make that a thing. Uh, make it a thing, Mike. Uh, you you can make this happen. I will. I'm trying. To th- the last thing I saw John Cusack in looks like he was in Chirac couple year- in 2015, which is a Spike Lee movie. I never actually watched that one. Uh, the last thing I saw him in was Love and Mercy, uh, uh, which was 2014, uh, the Brian Wilson biopic with uh, him and Paul Dano, which I liked a lot. I thought he was very good. In that. I heard that was very good. Yeah. Yes. Or actually, you know what? The the last thing I saw John Cusack it's in Arsenal. It was Arsenal. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Me yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which he's in a few of those, like uh, Nick Cage directed DVD movies, I think, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he, obviously there's Con Air, right? You obviously. got Con Air, which with Cage and Cusack, but he was in um, Frozen Ground. Or yeah, Frozen Frozen Ground was another one. Yeah, yeah, Frozen Ground, and I think there might even been one more. Maybe not. Maybe I'm crazy, but uh, yeah, Frozen Ground and Arsenal were definitely among those Cusack Cage joints. Yeah, so that's fun. You know, love Cusack. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just I just like the the insanity of like California like spilling into the ocean and and Yellowstone yeah. detonating and all that. It's insanity is all is, that was great big fan of all that. great but I, I don't really remember the kind of uh transition stuff like what goes on post the world has collapsed or, or the, the the tectonic plates have collapsed and we're on the arc uh but i guess that's like an hour and 45 minutes so. yeah i mean so the tectonic plates collapse right they're all in california and yeah. uh, john cusack and his family make it out of there they, they get on the plane they, they get on a plane, and uh, by the way, the uh, the the new husband uh, that Amanda P has is Tom McCarthy, who is the director of Spotlight. I just wanted to make that. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to make that known because I was like, that guy looks familiar for some reason. And yeah, Tom McCarthy, who was an actor, he was like he was on The Wire and stuff. Um, but yeah, he directed Spotlight, and I was like, oh wow. Weird. That's cool. Good for him. <laughs> but yeah, they, they escape and they make it to Yellowstone and then they have to escape Yellowstone because yeah. that explodes and Woody Harrelson's in front of the volcano like, yes, take me. And then they eventually make their way to they they end up meeting with this like Russian guy and his yeah. girlfriend. Uh, and he has like this like huge plane with a ton of cars in it. And they end up kind of going on that guy's plane and going into the Arctic. And yeah, they end up in like in India, right? Which in fine toilet ledger for right. Is that is that correct? Uh, I think they end or up Nepal uh, or something. No, they they have met Chiwetel Ejiofor at the beginning of the movie. Oh, okay. And then at the end of the movie, they kind of reunite, like because they're all in. Like, he's the, the science man that that yeah, knew so before everybody else. Yes, exactly. Uh, he's the Mark Ruffalo in Dark Waters, going <laughs> like they knew. Yeah, no, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is yeah the one who's preparing this uh, for, for all this for like the last couple of years right. and uh so they've kind of created these you know arcs because they like to try to save whatever semblance of humanity is left um but there are people who like get word of these arcs and then have to try to travel out to try to find them but it's it's only supposed to be like you know whoever the significant important people right the the, the, the rich the, exactly the rich people get to go on the arcs and the poor all die and so john cusack and his family are trying to make it to one of those arcs and they get there and yeah, they, they get there with the Russian guy and then he abandons them. Yes. Uh, that's and right. he like le- leaves them to the snow to die. And uh, he, he goes and all, all that stuff. But they finally, they finally get on the ark and they convince them to open the gates and all that stuff. Let the pores but, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. I do remember that. Yeah. And yeah, it ends, you know, the, the new highest peak, right. Is like a uh, Cape of good hope or something. I feel like I remember it's like in Africa, yep. I think. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, what it was just a wild movie. I was thinking about it this morning. I was, like you know maybe this is my favorite Roland Emmerich movie and then I was like yeah well what about Independence Day I mean Independence Day is a, is a banger non like that that's I think his like one great movie yeah and then <laughs> I was like well I really liked Day After Tomorrow I really liked Move On I just like kept pushing 2012 down like, yeah <laughs> it's like oh wait a second um but I do really like 2012 I think it's just it's a bananas movie uh, it, it it is certainly bananas yeah and uh yeah Chiwetel Geofor is the uh, the science guy Danny Glover is the president of the United States yes and Tandui Newton is his daughter who is sort of sparks up a sort of romance with Chiwetel Geofor and Danny Glover is the president pretty cool just pretty cool to see him pretty cool in that, guy in that role <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah and I I do like, uh, you know, you mentioned the uh, Woody Harrelson and kind of coming in as the conspiracy theorist dude. And I do like that kind of unhinged conspiracy theory aspect of Emmerich's stuff. Uh, yeah. And that that is something that uh, you got in Moonfall in spades, man. So uh, much, yeah. And that, that's, I think, why I liked Moonfall is because the conspiracies were so insane and they were all true. Uh, it was <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, the moon is hollow and uh, there's actually like an AI that lives up here. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's a superstructure or whatever. <laughs> you know, and uh, Woody Harrelson's guy is just 
his conspiracy thing is all like, yeah, the world's ending in 2012 and the government knows about it and they're covering it up, man. And like the thing about that one is like, oh, I, no, I, I remember that guy like actually existing. Like I remember yeah. like those people. <laughs> Probably where Alex Jones started. <laughs> right. <know? exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All that shit is so real. There was a guy that my dad used to watch uh, for funsies on, man, I don't remember what channel it was on, but he was some ancient preacher dude, like an evangelical guy that was like a hundred years old. And he would just be like, and he was like a 2012 truther guy. Uh, yeah. And we would just watch it and laugh and be like, I don't understand how this is real. Um, <laughs> and then you, what do you know when it didn't happen? He was like, I was wrong. It's going to be this date now. Keep donating. Right. And you're like, oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> Um, so it's fun for that aspect, I think, too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's just other wild stuff. There's a moment where uh, you they're in the Arctic or whatever, and they see these helicopters and planes that are flying by uh, carrying like giraffes and rhinoceroses right. and elephants just like in the and it's just a wild sight to see these this plane carrying a giraffe in a net in the middle of the Arctic. Yeah. Well, Emmerich is just a psycho, I think, you know? Yeah, he's a crazy person. Um, also, I wanted to give a shout out. Uh, George Siegel's in this movie. And uh, really? That was, he's uh, a jazz singer. He's like uh, the oh, partner yeah. of um, Danny Glover's dad. On the dad. cruise ship, right? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about him. So I thought it was cool to see him. That was neat. That's awesome. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Uh, just like him and his bud, like, reconciling after years, right? If I, like Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They, they were living their own uh, lush life uh, kind of situation yeah. while all this was going down. And then, so uh, did you know, Mike, there's an alternate ending to this movie? What? No. Yes. Oh, and, and not Danny Glover's dad. I miss, I misspoke. She was told Geoforce dad, his, uh, his jazz partner. Yes. Um, but basically, so there's an alternate ending. So they, at the very end of this movie, I, I didn't watch the alternate ending, but there's a section on Wikipedia. I think it's on the DVD or something. Um, but so at the end, you know, they, they get to the arc and, you know, most of humanity has died, but... <laughs> But they're going to, you know, start anew. And 27 days later, you know, it looks like Chiwetel Jufor and Tandui Newton, they're going to, you know, come together as in a new relationship. And John Cusack's now a respected writer because he's the only one there. Yeah. Uh, um, but in the alternate ending, apparently um, Chiwetel Jufor's dad survives uh, somehow, Whoa. just miraculously. Because there's, there's a thing where, like, he's on the phone with him and, like, his ship his capsizes and overturns in yeah, the movie. Yeah, gets hit by uh, a tidal wave or whatever. Yeah. And uh, in the alternate ending, he's he's alive somehow <laughs> you know what good for him <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> so there's that that's crazy yeah 2012 fun times i'm glad you watched it i'm glad you didn't hate it yeah i mean uh, like i said i i really enjoyed all the destruction stuff uh, up to a point and then i think uh by the i, I think if this movie was an hour 45 <laughs> You know, yeah. just kind of got in and out, did its destruction, uh, had a nice little happy ending at the end and then ca called it quits. Be pretty good. Be, pre be a pretty good time. Hour 45. I, I would go as full as far as two hours, 210 even to 240 uh, was absurd. <laughs> I, I, I don't think anybody's ever accused Roland Emmerich of brevity. So this is also true. I mean, Independence Day is like what, 2220 or something like that. Like, you know, he makes relatively long movies. Yeah. But uh, this one really felt uh, really felt pretty long. Yeah. You know, you know, it's a brisk 210 is White House now. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> that movie absolutely should be 90 minutes long. <laughs> uh, yes, that's also true. Moonfall also 210, by the way. So, yeah, 20, 2012 might be his longest film, actually. <laughs> Wild. Um, but uh, yeah, so you asked me to do kind of a Roland Emmerich ranking. Yeah, uh, I would say Independence Day number one. No question. Very, very good. Great movie. We reviewed it for a very long time on the Goldblum podcast a couple years ago. People should go listen to that. Uh, I would say after that, I might go Universal Soldier, the original Ooh. Universal Soldier. Uh, I've never seen Stargates. Wait, that's a Roland Emmerich movie. <laughs> The original Stargate, yeah, the one that was the basis for all those TV shows. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That is a Roland Emmerich joint, yeah. Forget everything I said. Stargate, number one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I'll run down the filmography here, Mike. Uh, there's a few There's a few movies that um, uh, are like German films before he made the, made the move right. over to America. It looks like his first, yeah, his first non-German non film, this was a co-production between Germany and the U.S., was called Hollywood Monster, uh, but then Moon 44. Oh, also, also German, but in English. And so, yeah, but then, yeah, Universal the soldier was kind of his first like you know big hollywood production right and then it's stargate independence day godzilla 98 uh the patriots uh the day after tomorrow 10,000 bc 2012 anonymous the uh, william shakespeare movie white house down stonewall independence day resurgence midway and moonfall that's the emmerich filmography what is that person doing that is crazy <laughs> I mean, so, some of the biggest hits of the, yeah. of the 90s and 2000s, some huge blockbusters. Uh, so I, I would say I have not seen Stargate. I have not seen The Patriots. Really? Uh, 
I have not seen the Patriot, Mike. That's, I mean, Can you, I haven't seen it in a really long time, but that's just got big accidentally watched this on TBS Fives, you know? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think at one point, a history class of mine might have shown it. Yeah. <laughs> and and we were all kind of like, this doesn't seem historically accurate. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> don't all know. this. But uh, yeah, the Patriot I've not seen, and I haven't seen Anonymous or Stonewall or Midway. So it's not like I've seen all of America's films or anything. No, I um, but uh, Independence Day, clear number one. I would say probably Universal Soldier after that. And then maybe Day After Tomorrow. I haven't seen that since I was like 11. <laughs> I really like that movie, but I also haven't seen it in a very long time. But I think yeah. I think it's in the producer Colin, Mike D, Drunk Weekend, Pantheon kind of movie. Okay. So it's up nice. there. Very cool. How long is it after tomorrow? It is two hours. There you go. Solid, a solid two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, Jake Gyllenhaal fights wolves in the New York Public Library. Pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I think if I went back a day after tomorrow, I'd probably find a lot to enjoy about it. I think so. Uh, so I'm going to say Independence Day, then uh, Universal Soldier, then Day After Tomorrow, and then Moonfall. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to go Moonfall, White House Down, and then 2012, and then Independence Day Resurgence, and then Godzilla 98. Oh, and then 10,000 10, BC is last. 10,000 BC is the worst. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that. Um, I was actually thinking about Godzilla 98 also because, you know, I just saw Godzilla Minus One. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, I remember, like, I know it's an objectively bad movie, but, like, I feel like I kind of like Godzilla 98. Uh, I wouldn't mind watching it again. Certainly. I think that's uh, mostly where I'm at. I don't know if it's if I would like it, but I would try. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I give it a shot. You know, I, I definitely saw it when I was in high school and being like, oh, this isn't, you know, this is trash or whatever, you know, my, my snob phase or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's got Matthew Broderick. It's got Jean Reno. I don't know. Hank Azaria. Yeah. Hank Azaria and Harry Shearer. There's a live action Simpsons reunion happening on Godzilla 98. Yeah. Yeah. It's Weird. Somebody, <laughs> it's great. And Nancy Cartwright's in <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like yeah, I remember really liking it because I was seven, <laughs> you know, sure. when I in nineteen ninety eight when I saw it. Um, so who's not gonna like that? It's they end the, the Madison Square Garden. I'm from there. I'm from New right. York. Um, you know, um, so I remember really liking it, but I had no <laughs> objective. May I bring to, your attention to literally any other movie? <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't seven when I saw that. Um, That's true. Yeah. Um, so it's like New York is another character in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I know objectively it's a bad movie, but I would probably still have fun, you know? Yeah, no, I think it could be a good time. But uh, yeah, uh, so that there you go. Independence Day 1, 10,000 BC last, 2012, a couple spots higher than 10,000 BC, okay. I would say. We take that. Def definitely better than 2000 BC and uh, Independence Day Resurgence. So there's definitely that. Definitely big recommend Stargate. Love that movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I actually almost watched Stargate once. I had um, so there was a a coworker of mine back when I was in New York who just got rid of a bunch of her DVDs, mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm gonna take all these DVDs, and I took all the DVDs, and one of them was Stargate, and then. Years later, I finally got around to watching Stargate. Or I finally, I was like, okay, I got to my list. It's time to watch Stargate. I opened the Stargate DVD and there was nothing inside. No, <laughs> it was just an empty case. It was an empty case and I never bothered to open it years ago and I took it. Oh my God. <laughs> That's incredible. And so as a result, I have never seen Roland Emmerich's Stargate. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Uh, big recommend. I remember watching that for the first time. My friend and I in college, we got high. We ordered a delivery Thai food. And then we were like, want to watch Stargate? And we just put it on. And yeah. uh Greatest movie I've ever seen. So okay. at the time, uh, you know, so I have a very fond nostalgic memory for watching Stargate and having an absolute blast with it. So I mean, Roland Emmerich makes very good movies to watch while drunk or high. Uh, yeah. is basically what I'm hearing from Mike D. Uh, Can yeah, confirm. And, yeah, and absolutely, I would 100 percent agree with that. That's probably how I should have watched 2012. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I instead watched it on Saturday morning at like 10 a.m. Like that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> with the blinds open, so you couldn't see. <laughs> Just. <laughs> It's the worst possible. Yeah, exactly. I, I, didn't, I didn't set myself up for like a great screening of the movie or anything. That's fair. Some movies uh, don't deserve it, you know. But uh, but 2012, uh, currently streaming on Netflix, if anybody wants to watch it. That's uh, that's nice. how I saw it. And Black Christmas is on Shudder. And is that going to be it today, Mike? Is that going to be uh, it for this week? I, that's it. That's it for the year. For all oh, for Mike Makes Mike Watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of. I mean, you know, next week is Christmas. I don't know if we want to do an episode that week or not. We could do a discussion, I guess, if we want. We could, we could, we could do a discussions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, let's do a discussions. Let's do a discussions. We'll, we'll pencil it in. We're, we're going to do a discussions at least before the end of the year. And then after that, uh, we'll kind of play it by ear. But we are going to be doing an in-person episode in January. That yes. is happening. Confirmed. Uh, I will be back home for a week in January. Uh, and me and Mike D and a couple of our podcast buddies are all going to be talking about, I believe, Godzilla minus one, uh, which, uh, hell yeah. Yes. Just like you've come to expect from uh, Mike and Mike go to the movies. I forgot the name of our podcast for a second. Um, 
<laughs> I feel like I haven't said the full actual name of the podcast in years. Um, right. But you've come to expect from Mike and Mike Go to the Boobies, hot off the presses a month later, <laughs> we'll be talking about <laughs> Godzilla Minus One. Yeah. Well, you know, we've talked about this uh, a bunch, I think, on the podcast and off, but yeah. uh, there really isn't like a banger end of year blockbuster to talk about, you know? We kind of uh, really peaked with Avatar Way of Water. So like, what's even the point, you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so end, end of the year, we, we always do this like end of year blockbuster episode. Uh, the first time we did it was Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Right. Uh, and then the year after that was Wonder Woman 1984. And then it was Spider-Man No Way Home. And then Avatar Way of Water. Uh, this year, I mean, the obvious choice like in that kind of trajectory is Aquaman 2, uh, which comes out this weekend. But none of us feel like particularly passionate about Aquaman 2, including the stars of Aquaman 2, it seems <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> It's like seeing it if you want, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Jason Momoa is kind of like, yeah, I think this is the last outing as Aquaman. I don't. Uh, it doesn't look good for an Aquaman three. Uh, you know, they're starting a whole new universe, and this is kind of just like the last movie to get released in yeah. the old one. <laughs> wild uh yeah it's, it's a really strange release strategy we'll see how it works out for them but yeah so we're not super passionate about aquaman 2 and then other options are like the color purple which uh you know i think could be good but i don't know if i can get like the gang to all go see the color purple uh you know and then there's wonka like, all right i don't know i've heard i've heard that's not bad haven't got the chance to see it yet uh yeah but also i don't know if i'm like passionate about talking about wonka for two hours and then we were like but maybe Zack snyder's rebel moon could be the movie and everything i've heard about it is like man this movie sucks <laughs> You know, I so keep getting tricked every time, <laughs> every time. And he hasn't made a good one in years. Um, yeah, so. I did kind of like the Snyder cut, um, but <laughs> yeah, Army <laughs> but, of the Dead though. No, Army of the Dead, rough, rough stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, we were kind of talking about maybe doing a Rebel Moon episode, but uh, yeah, I think Godzilla minus one is just the clear cut. Like, well, this is the best movie out of all of those. Yes. Uh, you know, so even though it's uh, maybe a few weeks late, I think it is still one that people are still catching up with. Um, it seems like a movie that is growing. It has legs. Yeah. Like it's a movie that was only supposed to be out in theaters for a weekend. Uh, and because of all the strong reviews and all the, uh, you know, acclaim and all the people coming out to see it, uh, it is expanded and it's kept going. And now I think it's in wide release, uh, which yeah. it wasn't before. Uh, so I think Godzilla minus one is sort of like the breakout blockbuster of 2023 uh, at the end of the year. Uh, so, hey, why not do that, you know? True. Why, why not talk about a great uh, Godzilla movie? So Yes. Uh, plus, we'll have Nick joining us, who is our resident Godzilla expert. So uh, yes. that'll be fun. That'll be a good time. Um, but that's it. We did it. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, next week, some discussions. And, of course, The Complete Works is off for the rest of the year. We'll be back with that one in 2023. Mike D., where can we find you online this week? So 2024 is when we'll be back. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I keep doing that all the time. Don't worry. Whoops. Yeah. That time of the year where you write it and you're like, fuck, and you got to cross it out and write 2034 down. Don't worry. Yep. But uh, in the meantime, you can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd and Blue Sky. And if you would like to donate to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. Uh, we, we double, triple dog dare you to hey. donate uh, at our Kofi page $50 uh, to do, to pick a topic for our episode. Pick a, pick, a, pick a thing. We'll do it. We'll make a podcast yeah. about it. 50 bucks. Absolutely. Yeah, 50 bucks. That's all it takes. And we could uh, you know talk about a movie, talk about a Let's Rank topic, whatever you want. Uh, we recently did a uh, White House Down episode uh, as a result of that. Uh, yes. <laughs> do you want to hear our thoughts on Aquaman 2? Pay, pay us. 50 bucks. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I might see you this weekend and I'll talk about it in discussions next week. Oh, <laughs> no, don't, don't blow it, Mike. Um, but uh, if you also want merch, we have merch available, uh, which somebody yes. bought some stickers recently shout out to whoever that was thank you uh nice. you can get those on our redbubble which is mike and mike pods yes indeed and you can find me online at m smith film blog on twitter mike smith film on letterbox radio mike sandwich instagram uh thanks so much for listening to mike and Mike go to the movies i'm mike smith that's my decree show don't forget to rate and review the show on apple podcasts or any other podcast app and if you want to contact us you can hit us up at mike and mike pod on twitter you can find the rest of our podcasts on rapture press alongside many other podcasts but all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff uh like we said next week it'll be christmas time but we'll probably do some discussions and in the meantime the complete works off until 2024 <laughs> like, yes correct like mike d said uh and that is the end of this week's episode of mike and mike go to the movies we will see you on the other side yeah.